0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Today is Wednesday, April 5th. Coming up... Mental health coverage can be hard to find in Kansas. That leaves some families with little or no help. I was begging. I was pleading. I was doing absolutely everything that I could. But the biggest change in decades could be coming to the state's mental health system. But first, we'll bring you some results from yesterday's municipal elections. Kansas City voters narrowed the field of candidates for mayor and city council who will move on to the general election on June 20th. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports turnout was low across the city.
0: The primaries marked the first opportunity for Kansas City voters to weigh in on who represents them on the city council for the next four years. The two candidates in each race who earned the most votes are moving on to the general election on June 20. But less than 15 percent of the city's registered voters cast their ballots, much lower than the last local primary elections in 2019. The slate of candidates advancing to the next round of voting could indicate a more progressive shift on the city council. All candidates backed by KC Tenant's power, the political lobbying group of KC Tenant's made it to the general election. To
1: see the full list of city council candidates who will be facing off in this June's general election, go to KCUR.org. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas, who doesn't have a major opponent in the general election, received more than 35,000 votes. Yesterday, voters in the area overwhelmingly approved local sales taxes on recreational marijuana. Most municipalities pass the measures by an almost 3-to-1 margin. The results mean an additional 3% local levy will be stacked on top of the existing 6% state sales tax. Kansas City officials estimate the new tax could generate $3 million annually over the next few years. Mary Quinton Lucas says the added revenue will go towards supporting the city's homelessness concerns. Those include making
0: sure that you're you're creating shelter opportunities for folks who are experiencing homelessness rather than just clearing homeless encampments.
1: And Kansas City voters also approved new taxes and fees on short-term rentals. KCUR's Chris Fortune reports.
0: Airbnbs and the like will soon be subject to a 7.5% tax that hotels and motels already pay. An audit last year found Kansas City missed out on more than $2 million annually by not taxing short-term rentals. Short-term rentals and hotels will also now be subject to an occupancy fee of $3 per night per room. Hotels previously paid $1.50. Short-term rentals paid nothing. Officials estimate the new tax and fees will bring in up to $7 million annually to support the city's tourism efforts. Residents have repeatedly complained to city council about the noise, parties, and traffic caused by some Airbnbs. They say the rentals have a negative impact on neighborhoods.
1: And now, some other headlines. Missouri library leaders say a plan to strip state funding for public libraries would have a particular impact in rural areas, Chad Davis reports.
0: The Missouri House-approved budget would eliminate $4.5 million in state funding for public libraries. It comes after the Missouri ACLU filed a lawsuit on behalf of two state library groups. The suit challenges a 2022 state law banning sexually explicit content from school libraries and claims it violates the First Amendment. Otter Bowman is president of the Missouri Library Association. She says rural libraries depend on state funding. There's the potential that they would need to reduce hours, reduce number of staff, potentially even close some days of the week because they won't be able to make ends meet. The budget must be approved by the state Senate and signed by Governor Mike Parson.
1: Democrats in the Missouri Senate are trying to force out the chair of the State Commission on Human Rights. KCUR's Sam Zeff has more. Timothy Faber was appointed to the commission by Governor Mike Parson in 2021, but he's also a lobbyist for the Missouri Baptist Convention. He testified against a bill last week that would ban discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. The Missouri Independent reports Faber argued such a ban infringes on what he called religious liberty. All 10 Democrats in the Senate signed a letter to Parson urging him to remove Faber from the Human Rights Commission, saying his role as a lobbyist interferes with his duties on the commission. We'll be back after this. It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Kansas mental health services are stretched to the breaking point, but the state is moving to a different model of providing mental health treatment, and that could pump more tax dollars into the system and expand care options. Reporter Blaise Mesa of the Kansas News Service told Samantha Horton what that could look like. So,
2: Blaise, how is Kansas struggling to provide mental health services?
0: A report this year found that Kansas has some of the highest prevalence of mental illness in the entire country, and some of the worst access to mental health treatment in the entire country. So, really a worst of both worlds there. I talked to Sherry Keegan. She is a foster parent. She's had about 12 kids placed with her in the last year. Just about every one of them has needed some type of mental health treatment, whether that be therapy, case management, some type of state waiver. And she said it's been really hard to get services. Uh, In one case, she said she wanted to adopt a child, but the child had such high needs. You know, we're talking multiple hours in an emergency room a day sometimes. She let that child go on to her next placement because there just weren't the services to help her. And Keegan hoped that if she went somewhere else, that part of the state would have better access to mental health care. Uh, Here's Keegan on that.
2: She could have had a family. We could not find her the services in our area She had to move on. And now she is on track to age out alone. So Kansas is switching to a certified community behavioral health center model. Uh, That's a complex name, but it basically means those centers get higher payment rates from Medicaid. Blaze, can you talk about why does that matter?
0: It means more money for treating the same amount of people. So that could be more money for raises or more money to add new positions or expanding programs. Uh, Some centers are really dreaming big and hoping a lot can happen with certification. But at the end of the day, it really just means more funding for programs.
2: So what differences are there between centers that are and are not certified?
0: Yeah. So I spoke with ComCare. They're in Sedgwick County. They're one of the centers that have already been certified. They were able to bring back a program that helps people find jobs and helps people manage their mental health once in that job. They were able to expand their crisis intervention team. Like, Some other centers are talking about pay raises for staff or bringing on new positions, new specialists. Like I kind of said my last answer, it's letting these centers kind of dream big in a way that they might not have been able to do for a few years.
2: And in your reporting, you did talk to some centers that haven't been certified yet. So what was that like?
0: Centers that haven't been certified are still having trouble balancing budgets, hiring staff, really kind of trying to serve everybody. That could be seeing a therapist once a month instead of someone being able to see a therapist every two weeks.
2: Okay, and so let's hear from Lisa Southern with Compass, a community mental health center in southwest Kansas. We've never been able to make a budget on a wish list. It's always been, you know, how can we scrape by? with the bare minimum, and I'm guessing in future years making the budget will be easier.
0: You heard it right there. Budgeting just isn't easy now, but it could be easier in the future. One person I talked to said this switch in certification could be one of the most important reforms in decades.
2: Some centers have been certified. So I guess timeline of how
0: long until they all are. Yeah, It will probably take a few years. So some have been certified, some are not. To become certified, you have to prove you can do a base level of services, like you need to provide crisis intervention services. If you can't do that, you're not really going to get certification, and there's a provisional certification stage to prove that you are offering the service, so it's a little more complicated than just going to the state and asking for certification, so long answer short, it will take a few years before everything's all done.
1: That was Kansas News Service reporters Blaze Messa and Samantha Horton. The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Paris Norvell, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more on the results of yesterday's election and to read Blaze's story about mental health in Kansas, visit KCUR.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear more about what this week's elections could mean for the Kansas City area. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.